Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Paper Ghosts is a production of iHeartRadio. So here's my. I was the only one that saw anything, and I decided all I was doing was going for a gallon of milk. The last time I spoke with Nancy McDonald, I told her I would gather some photos of potential suspects. Nancy is that neighbor you heard in episode one. She witnessed a station wagon blocking the road and a man walking toward the direction of Janice Pocket, the seven-year-old girl who went missing while trying to find a dead butterfly on the side of the road. I wanted to know if Nancy would recognize anyone in the photos. I met Nancy at her son's house. We sat across from each other at the dining room table. I pulled out the photos and began, one by one, placing them in front of her. Among them, 
A couple photos of randomly selected men and a few suspects who've been tied to Janice's case at some point or another. So here's the first picture, and I know it's not side two and it's not good, but... You know, clear enough. Yeah. Here's a clearer one. Now that's younger. He's younger there than you would have seen him. Nancy took about 10 minutes looking at all of the images, five in total. Pictures of men fitting the description of the person she saw that July afternoon in 1973. She was focused and wanted to be certain. Yeah, this guy did not have... Yeah, he wouldn't um, have had that. No. Nope. He didn't always have he that. He didn't. He didn't have it. And he wasn't wearing a hat. Okay. The coloring of his hair is about right. Nancy picked one photo. She said she recognized the guy's nose, hairline, profile, and build. It was Bob LaRosa. Then I showed her several photos of vehicles. And again, Nancy picked out only one vehicle from the bunch, Bob's station wagon. It's anecdotal, I realize, not science, but it helps me to understand that every step, every move I make to try to exclude Bob LaRosa only brings me that much closer to him. Previously on Paper Ghosts. Nathan was always known to be kind of at the back of the house, kind of staring at the kids playing, Lisa being one of them. And Nathan was like obsessed with her, would always watch her. If my sister was to have gotten hurt, I don't know one way or another, hopefully it didn't happen that way, but if anybody was to have done something, I'd have blamed Junior before I'd have blamed Bob. Uncle Bobby was a dangerous man. So claimed that the girls were put in the A-frame well. Yes, he explained how to take a bar, open up the well, and then slide it back. And we have that on the recording. My name is M. William Phelps. This is Paper Ghosts. Terry, what's going on? Holy shit. So, you know, on my sister's birthday, you know, as the summer headed toward an end, I received a frantic call from Terry Shanks one late afternoon. Terry is one of Susan LaRosa's sisters you heard in episode three. She'd posted something on Facebook to honor her late sister's birthday in July. And sometime after publishing the post, she received a message from a woman whose brother-in-law was best friends with Bob LaRosa. I never felt like this before in my life. I've never felt this frazzled or freaked out in my entire life. Um, this girl just knows everything. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find I receive a lot of these leads. Many I've left out of this podcast because they'd send you down an unnecessary rabbit hole the way they've done to me. Most I investigate, and then they fizzle out quickly. I remember my sister Susan hung out with that guy. She used to shoot up with him. But as Terry explained what was a sordid picture this woman painted of her brother-in-law, who he knew and where he lived, it fit into the framework of what I had been investigating. It felt like a line of inquiry I needed to follow. Hi, Suzanne. Yes. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm okay. I feel, actually, I feel a little relieved. It's like, been carrying this stuff in my brain for a while. 
Suzanne St. Louis is the woman who reached out to Terry Shanks via Facebook. She grew up on Crystal Lake, about a third of a mile from the old La Rosa home. Suzanne's sister married a guy who, she recalls, was best friends with Bob La Rosa during the late 60s, early 70s. Her brother-in-law was 20 when he groomed her 15-year-old sister into a sexual relationship. After passing out one day in class, Suzanne's sister realized she was pregnant. That is actually sexual assault. The guy was 20, Suzanne's sister 15, a child. Suzanne speaks with a stoic affect. It's hard to read how she feels about what she's saying. But when I ask her what kind of a guy her brother-in-law was, that question fires up some emotion in her voice. And there is no mistaking how she feels. And what kind of guy was he then? Interesting kind of guy he died as a scumbag. He was a wife beater. A drunk. Never worked. Just pretty much an asshole. My sister was definitely afraid of him. That I know. I bring Bob LaRosa into the conversation. Oh, they, they were friends for years. I think they were friends before he ever even married my sister. And what would they do together? Tell around together, drive around together, go get wasted, drunk, whatever. My brother-in-law used to steal stuff. I mean, you know, we show up with stuff that you knew he stole, but from where? Nobody knew. It was August 1975, two months after Susan LaRosa went missing, when Suzanne's sister and brother-in-law and their young daughter moved to Rockville, Connecticut. Whereabouts? In the corner of Village and Ward Street. So right next to where Bob LaRosa lived? Yeah. It's a fact Bob LaRosa lived on Ward Street, just around the block from the witness. Another one of his close friends who's recently been talking about buried bodies in water wells. Now we have this new person of interest, the violent brother-in-law living within one minute from both men. And of course, Nathan LaRosa, just a 10 minute drive away living across from Crystal Lake. Suzanne says her brother-in-law's apartment was party central, weed, booze, guys hanging around, and yes, Lots of young girls, too. Would they ever get perverted with younger girls? Oh, yeah. G give me an example, if you can recall one. My sister got pregnant the year Susan disappeared. And I was there for the entire summer to help my sister out. She had a four-year-old daughter that I was helping her with. And when she had the baby, she'd asked me to go over to the house and pick up some stuff for her. He went home to take a shower while I was getting her stuff ready, and he come out completely naked and said, you want to have a good time? Come on in the bedroom. And what did you say? I didn't say a word. I went out and sat in the car. I was like, nope, that ain't happening. And how old were you at the time? Thirteen. Thirteen the same age as two of the missing girls. It seems to be the age most appealing to this group of guys in their early 20s, who ran around a small town, allegedly forcing underage girls into sexual situations. 
When I think back to previous conversations with law enforcement over the years, it was hinted to me by one state police detective that local law enforcement has always been focused on a group of violent, sexually perverted men exploiting and violating young women in this area. Men who did whatever they wanted to whomever they wanted and got away with it. It's imperative to understand the motivation behind sexual assault and the evolution of how society has viewed it. When you're investigating missing person cases involving young females, sexual abuse and assault needs to be part of that conversation. It can play a vital role in the drive behind abduction and murder. Also, offer perspective. Sexual harassment, abuse, and assault is not about sex. It's about fear, intimidation, domination, power, control, and aggression. And the more we talk about it, the more we understand it, the more power we take away from the perpetrator. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Just seven weeks after his wife Susan went missing, Bob LaRosa was coming around Suzanne's sister's apartment, introducing everyone to his new girlfriend. Susan had already been forgotten and replaced. Think about that. If you recall in a previous episode, Bob dispersed his three children just days after Susan disappeared. I've been told that he got rid of all her belongings within 72 hours after she went missing. Now he's bringing his new girlfriend around, not even two months later? Only two scenarios are possible here. The guy is either cold and heartless, or he knew Susan was never coming back. So was there any talk about her? Never. I didn't even even make the connection until years later. At the time, I didn't even know she was missing, I don't think. I wondered if Suzanne's brother-in-law had ever mentioned Susan LaRosa anything about her being missing. My sister passed away in 2010, and I was going up there to see her because she was died of cancer. And I brought Susan LaRosa up, and he got pissed. Tell me about that. What happened? What did you say to him? We were talking about people at the lake and stuff, and I said something about, like, I wonder whatever happened to Susan LaRosa. They never really found out. And he goes, oh, yes, guys, stop bringing that freaking shit up. He goes, I'm tired of hearing about it. How did that make you feel when he said that? I was like, why are you lying? I know he's lying. I knew he was lying. I could tell. And what do you think he was lying about? That he doesn't know anything about it. I think he totally knows. Or did. I think he knew. What do you think he knew? What happened to her? He's a guy with no conscience. Nothing he does, or ever did, ever bothered him. That's, you know, what do they they call them, a sociopath? And then, Suzanne tells me about a time when she was riding in her brother-in-law's car. I don't know where we were going. I know it was him and my sister, me and my niece were in the back. And it was nighttime, we were going down Bamforth Road. And he says, oh, there's ghosts out here. 
And I said, you know, we were by where the old cemetery is. And I says, I said, I heard the story about the cemetery and all that. He goes, I'm not talking about the cemetery. There's ghosts out here. Bamforth Road leads to the same road where Susan LaRosa's remains were found. Albeit massive, there is only one section of woods on this road. Of all the places in town, why would this be the area Suzanne's brother-in-law refers to as harboring ghosts? And something else. Remember how in episode four, Stacy LaRosa said she remembered seeing a guy in a red and black flannel shirt who smelled of cherry tobacco, helping her father, Bob LaRosa, carry her mother's body out of their apartment the night she allegedly went missing. After hearing that detail, Suzanne says she immediately thought of her brother-in-law, who always wore flannel back in those days. For what it's worth, I've heard the witness wore flannel as well. But look, to keep things real, this type of anecdotal information is interesting and sounds promising. But it's supposition, just theory, really. It doesn't prove anything. Until, well, it does. Suzanne goes on to tell me that after that summer Susan LaRosa went missing, Bob and her brother-in-law abruptly dissolved their friendship. Here were two guys inseparable, latched together at the hip. They'd known each other since childhood. Then, Bob's wife disappears, he's got this new girlfriend, and Suzanne's brother-in-law packs it up and moves his family up to Maine, never contacts Bob again. I've learned the Vernon police did make a trip up to Maine to visit Suzanne's brother-in-law to ask him about Susan LaRosa's disappearance. In the documents I have, the police approached him under the pretense that he knew something but was not a suspect. After speaking with him, it seems the Vernon Police Department ruled him out as a suspect but left the door open to talk to him again, thinking he could have been an accessory after the fact. I think it's weird that, you know, um, pretty much the whole time he lived out there, girls were disappearing, and then he moved, and it stopped. In Rockville, you mean? Yeah. And she used to ride around, you know, oh, hey, you want to get high, you want to get high? And so he used to drive around Rockville asking if girls needed a ride? Well, or if they wanted to go get high or whatever. He used to be all over Rockville. He was hardly ever home. Suzanne then recalls an incident that took place just weeks after Susan LaRosa went missing. I was at my sister's. We went out to the lake to get my some more of my clothes because I was going to spend the summer there. And we don't get in the car, and there's no back seat. The bottom part of the back seat is missing. And my sister said, what the hell happened to the back seat? And he goes, oh, I spilled oil all over it. I had to get rid of it. I couldn't get the oil out of it. And I had to sit on the floorboard in the back seat. Suzanne says her brother-in-law's car, the one without the back seat, had its blue carpet torn out. She remembers because she had to sit on the steel underside of the car near the time she drove past the cemetery when her brother-in-law mentioned ghosts. That idea of a blue carpet missing from a vehicle, it resonated with me. I'd heard it somewhere before. So I went through my notes from interviews I'd done, and there it was. My last conversation with the Wendells, 
and what they'd found after digging inside that artesian water well on their property. They'd hired a backhoe and called the state police, who decided to come out. Ken Wendell found a video he'd made of the day of that excavation. He located the file on his laptop and told me to sit down and take a look. What I saw, well, here it is. Let me just tell you, there's a piece of, there's a tarp behind him. It's a plastic tarp that they found very interesting, but see that? And they thought that was interesting, the yeah, tarp? Oh yeah, yeah, they held it up and they were, they all, they all came over and had to look at it and then. Had stained, a lot of brown stains on it. They were wondering if it was blood or something on there, but. So this is what it looked like after we removed some clothing. So there's still carpet. Still I stopped carpet. the carpet. So we shouldn't be touching this. I looked at the video closely and paused it. That backhoe in the same well was lifting up a blue piece of carpet, which is unquestionably not a section of house carpeting. So that carpeting that was found, the blue carpeting in the woods, it, what kind of carpeting was it? It looked like it came out of a car. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. 
What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hi, Terry. Hey. Are we going to be hiking? I don't think so. Um, how you doing? Okay. Good to see you. a little, like, weird right now. How come you're feeling weird? I don't know. I guess it's normal yeah. for this. Yeah, it is. It's totally normal. Like, I didn't know what to do, what to bring. I have flowers. I brought a steak. I brought a hammer so I can remember where this place is. Oh, I didn't okay. know what I could do, what it was going to be allowed. The last time I spoke at length with Terry Shanks, she told me she didn't think Bob LaRosa acted alone in the murder of her older sister, Susan LaRosa. During that conversation, Terry mentioned she had been coming out to this wooded area in Vernon, Connecticut every year to place flowers on the spot where she thought Susan's remains were found more than 40 years ago. Terry would pull over, take a moment, place sunflowers inside a chain link fence. Sunflowers because Susan was such a free-spirited, hippie kind of girl. That detail stuck with me. The inherent pain and anxiety that never leaves the family of the missing. It's not even so much about who is responsible. It becomes instead an all-consuming, obsessive pursuit to bring the dead back home. I knew the area Terry had been coming to all these years wasn't the right location. And Susan's family deserves to know exactly where. So I called Lieutenant Bill Meyer from the Vernon Police, and he set a day for Terry and I to meet him and another detective out at the actual site. Bill Meyer's a great guy. He's, um, you'll recognize him. He's the face of the Vernon PD, who you've seen. Um, well, I try not to look at <laughs> Sorry, I have a really bad vibe with them. And half In the, the past. And Hathaway the is coming. Dave Hathaway, he's retiring soon. What Terry is referring to is the family's frustration of not being heard, feeling left out, not being kept up to date, and not pursuing leads. Bill. Hi. Are we in the vicinity here? A little bit further down the road. So, yeah, we did some work on it. Hi, I'm Bill Meyer, by the way. Hi, I'm Terry Shanks. I'm Terry, Susan's pleasure. sister. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out. I'm glad we were able to do this. What do you mean? Of course. So, um... <laughs> We parked on the side of the street just off Banforth Road, where Suzanne St. Louis and her brother-in-law were riding that day, he mentioned ghosts. There are no houses around. I-86, now called I-84, is just west, about a half mile. From here, a country road shaping like the letter S, heading north, cuts through two small bodies of water. Just before one of those bodies of water is a gate into an old logging road, which was accessible when the girls went missing. That dirt logging road goes deep into the forest and opens, after about a half mile, into a 50-acre field 
which is where we're heading. Nothing is going to deter Terry from this moment. It's a humid summer day, hot as steam. The sun is bright and beating on us. But who really gives a shit about conditions? A sister wants to see where her sibling's body was dumped by those who killed her. As we chat, Bill mentions something of interest to me. That's where they used to they used to dump leaves there, right? Didn't the town dump yeah, leaves there the for a Yeah, the town dumped years? over here. I don't know what condition that's in. I don't know if those right. leaves got pulled out or if it's just a big mulch leaf right. bug Who knows? animal. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Town employee access is what I'm thinking. I have lived in this area for 40 years. I never knew the location even existed. A majority of the people in town, I would bet, did not know either. This tells me Susan's killer had to know how to access the location. He, or they, had to be familiar with this area of town. Oh, wow, there's going to be some high grass here, huh? Oh, boy. We'll do the best we can. Yeah. Oh, no. There we go. We got a road. Well, you know what? I figured, what did my sister go through? <laughs> well, no, there's been a couple of generations of police officers that have worked on this investigation. We have the list, you know, going back to, you know, the original case officers and then... Uh, well, unfortunately, I can only speak from my point of view. There really wasn't any investigation that included us as a family. So I, I can't yay or nay anything. Yeah. I can say with absolute confidence the Vernon PD investigators working on Susan LaRosa's case over the years put in thousands of hours. Bob LaRosa remained the only and most likely suspect. In fact, when the case was reopened in 2002, lab technicians, along with renowned forensic scientist Dr. Henry Lee, members of the Vernon Police Department's detective division, and Susan's sister Bernadette, went into the old LaRosa apartment. Inside, Dr. Henry Lee cut out pieces of floor to examine later at the lab. They spent months testing everything collected and found no human blood. Still, the Vernon Police Department convinced the local prosecutor to take the case to a grand jury hoping to indict Bob LaRosa, an effort that failed. The last time I called there, and this was like probably a little over two years ago, they gave me some 25-year-old kid who didn't even, hadn't even opened up the case file yet. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was supposed to call me, he never did, so I called back a couple times and I said, no, I'm done. All these cases, that's pretty common, you know? Yeah. They're, they're hot and cold. Yeah. You know, there'll be some momentum behind them. Right. We did that task force a few years ago, uh-huh. and there was a lot of momentum then with the task right. force. As the lieutenant, Bill Meyer takes the brunt of the victim's family's frustration. It's a lack of communication, not between police and families, but police and police. Families just want to know they're being heard. They want updates. Cold cases are passed down to generations of investigators. Each has his or her own way of doing things. We make our way to a clearing. The site turned out to be a few miles east from where Terry had been placing flowers all those years. It's been four decades. For the first time, Terry Shanks is going to stand on the exact location where her sister's decomposed remains, actually a skull, 
several bones in what was left of her clothing were found by loggers. You see where that tree is? Yep. That's the spot. Yep. That's that, that shrub right there? Yep, that big, that big shrub right there. Okay. Wow. If you look, see the red dot? See the red dot? It's pointing right to it. Terry stares. I gotta wonder what she's thinking. Bill decides to stay back and wait as Terry and I walk over. Her demeanor changes as we get closer to the scene. She goes quiet. So how you feeling being right here in the spot? I'm okay. You're okay? Yeah. Good. My heart's beating. <laughs> I'm faster. I'm glad we were able to put this together for you and do this. We stand at the exact location where 20-year-old Susan LaRosa, Terry Shanks' sister, was found. Her remains scattered over a small section of the woods. From what I've been told, cadaver dogs never search this area for any additional remains. However, law enforcement did shallowly excavate a portion of the area around her body, but found no additional evidence. Jesus, Mary, and Josephine, I hope that's not a grave for many. Oh, you know what? I think it is. Here is what I meant by that. A killer's dumping ground, if it's working, rarely changes. In this area, if the same perp is responsible for all or a few of the girls, worked for 10 years. It wasn't until Susan's remains were found that activity kind of stopped. There is nothing around us. Trees, tall grass, wildflowers, dense shrubbery, and an open field about the size of a city park. If you wanted to dump bodies, nobody would see you. The freeway to our west in the background provides noise coverage. The logging road allows you to take a vehicle in and out of here without anybody seeing a damn thing. So, so you put in the flowers there, how anxious or? Yeah. Terry bent down. She closed her eyes. Then she placed the sunflowers near what looked to be a fox den. Sad. Sad makes yeah. it more real. Sure. I know it's real, but I mean. Yeah. Just making it more real. It, 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 it never goes away, you know? No, it doesn't. Terry begins to think about April, Lisa White's sister, and Mary, Janice Pocket's sister, the three of whom have formed kind of a grief squad. They help and support each other through it all. No? I mean, we have her. So, you know, we, we are the lucky ones. Like I said, we, you know, people always said, oh, you're the lucky ones. You found your person. We did. Right. And, you know, in our heart of hearts, we also know who did it. Right. So, you know. And the other, the other four, they're nowhere to be found. So and, I know. And, and that's what I pray for every day for them. And, you know, even if they had this heap of a pile of weeds, it would be something right. for them to right. memorialize. It's okay. Thank you. But you know where you know where it is now. Yep. You can come anytime. No one's going to No one's going to bother you. No. I'll leave you for a minute by yourself. Thank you. Okay. As we connect with Bill and begin walking back to our vehicles, the lieutenant shares something. I don't think this area has changed a whole lot though from you know 1978. I don't think it's much different. Bill then talks about missing people in general 
and how police go about it today. I had asked because, for one, when Susan went missing, police never went into her Ward Street apartment to do a search or question Bob LaRosa at length. That all came later. Someone goes missing today. I mean, you have, number one, electronic evidence. So cell phones, things like that that can be GPS tracked. I mean, facial recognition, even though it's in its infancy, uh, now everything's electronic. The second you scan your credit card, financial da- you know, data, things like that, it's instantly traceable. Right. It's hard people to hide. People don't carry cash. It's hard to hide. It's hard to hide. It's hard so to hide. we find people pretty quickly today. You know, it's unusual for somebody missing more than a few days. By the time we make it back to where our cars are parked, our conversation turns to small talk about the area. Just around the corner, a three-minute drive west was the location of the Igloo restaurant, a popular hangout spot for a lot of kids in the 60s and 70s, including Lisa White, Irene, and Susan LaRosa. Terry tells Bill and I how she recalls going to the Igloo a lot with The Witness, who was her brother-in-law at the time. When you have a volatile source, in this case, the witness, you want to know everything you can about him before you make an approach. For example, I spoke to someone off the record who told me the witness, whenever he drove into Connecticut from his new place of residence in another state, he put his kids in the trunk of the car before crossing the state line. Why? I have no idea, but this says a hell of a lot about that guy. I'm getting closer to reaching out to the witness, but first, I want to learn a bit more from his ex-wife, who just so happens to be Susan LaRosa's sister, Ann Prentice. Hey, he was a lot older than me. I was 16, and he was, I think, 22. I confirmed through Ann that the witness worked for the Tallinn school system, and Bob and the witness did a lot of driving around together during the day in Bob's station wagon and an old 50s-era ambulance. Anne describes her ex as allegedly being violent to the extreme. She was terrified of him. I'm also interested in his habits beyond the dysfunction inside the home. Would he leave at times and you not know where he is? and that's sort of... He would leave for days at a time. For days at a time? Well... Like, he'd leave, let's say he went to work this morning, I may not see him till tomorrow night. Right. And any idea where he went? No. And I learned not to ask. If you recall from a previous episode, Ann Prentice was childhood best friends with Irene LaRosa, and they bonded because they were allegedly raped as teenagers. The implication being that Nathan LaRosa was responsible. Though Anne, still quite devastated by the trauma, did not want to go into detail about it. Around the time her sister Susan went missing, Anne and the witness lived a few houses away from Susan and Bob LaRosa's apartment in Rockville. So I asked Anne if she recalls anything about the night her sister Susan went missing and what the witness did. He didn't come home that night or what point he did, I don't know. I asked Anne, after she married the witness, did Irene's name ever come up? No. The only bad thing he ever said to me was he got really mad at me one time. And he said, if you don't watch it, you're going to end up like your sister. 
in the next episode of Paper Ghosts. A lot of them looked the same, so we started looking at, is this more than one person? Was this like, a, you know, somebody that was doing this in the area, you know, abducting children that age? Um, you know, we had Gina's pocket, Debbie Spickler. It could say two different things, that A, he's, he's involved in one of the missings, or B, that he's a victim himself. Let me ask you a question that's come up for me in this. Do you remember ever hearing the name Irene LaRosa as someone who was missing? No, that doesn't, doesn't sound familiar to me. Another thing people constantly say to me is, don't worry, she'll come back. Maybe they think that it will make me feel better, but it doesn't. Paper Ghosts is written and executive produced by me, M. William Phelps with help from producer Christina Everett and sound editing by Pete Cardi from Backroom Audio. A special thanks to Abu Safar and Will Pearson from iHeartRadio. The series theme, number 442, is written and performed by Tom Mooney and Thomas Phelps. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.